Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Okay, so excellent means that we're learning something, it means that we're growing in our knowledge of understanding. I just want to say this one more time. Um, Reinforced truths are very important. Okay? Sometimes we can have this attitude like, oh, it's healing. Yeah, I started studying healing 10 years ago. Um, You never get familiar with the truths of the word. You never get familiar with the truths of the word. Reinforced truths are very important. Okay? If not, by now we should even stop coming to church because probably we should have heard the truth about every single subject. But reinforced truths are very, very important. Is that okay? Alright, let's pray. Can you go up a little bit? Just a little bit. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you this morning. Blessed Holy Spirit, we ask Father God that you just help us this morning to see light into your word. I pray that the word of God has free course and utterance is granted. I thank you because I'm anointed to teach your word and your people are anointed to hear. And we have demonstrations of the spirit. Healing is taking place in our midst in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, um, we still have a long way to go, but I, I want to wrap up this. So I'm just going to wrap up this and maybe hopefully some other time we'll take up from here. As the Lord enables us. I want to start by saying God is not limited in his ability to heal. I'm not going to do all the review. So make sure you get the CDs after now so I can use my time wisely. God is not limited in his ability to heal. There is no sickness that is greater than God's ability to heal. Because there are certain sicknesses that you you do not find in the Bible... Okay, uh, you won't find Ebola in the Bible, <laughs> of course, but it doesn't mean that God cannot heal someone with that kind of sickness. So we must, in our minds and in our hearts, believe that there is no sickness that God cannot heal. And in our mind and hearts also, we must not categorize sicknesses. We must not say, headache is small, cancer is big, uh, waist pain is small, um, HIV is big. No. The same power that heals headache is the same power that heals cancer, is the same power that heals anything. Okay? So in our mind, we should not do that categorization. Then, I just want to look at the people Jesus healed. I want to look at actually about 11 sicknesses that were healed in the Bible. Um, The names of those sicknesses. We can actually use those particular... um, uh, we can actually use those particular um, sicknesses to those verses of scripture to pray for people with that particular case. But outside of that, uh, just to more like this study is more like opening up the scripture, like opening up what the scripture says about healing and all that. So I also want to be a little bit more detailed. But let's look at this. Jesus or God can heal those afflicted from birth. If somebody comes out of the womb and is sick from birth, it doesn't mean that God cannot heal the person. John chapter 9 and verse 1. So I'm just going to put up the scriptures. John chapter 9 and verse 1. We found that Jesus healed a man that was blind from birth. John chapter 9 verse 1. Um, 
Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. If you read up to verse 3, you see that Jesus healed this man. Then let's go to Acts chapter 3 verse 2. Acts chapter 3 and verse 2. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So we found out that Jesus healed the man who was lame from birth. Praise God. Sorry guys, I can't hear myself. So Acts chapter 3 verse 2, the man lame from birth um, was healed. Then Acts chapter 14 verse 8, the crippled man from birth was also healed. So Jesus can heal people who are lame from birth. Number two, he can heal those who have been suffering from the same sickness for a number of years. So I'm just going to give you the scripture. It will be fine if you can write. So we don't need to go through all the scriptures so we can finish. Is that okay? Like I said, I want to make this study very detailed. So it is something you can actually take and teach people. And you know, it's not just, we know God can heal. But we just want to go through the scripture in a detailed manner. So we can see that God can heal someone who is sick from birth or deformed from birth. We've seen the case of the blind person. We've seen the case of the lame person. We've seen the case of the crippled person. He can heal those who have suffered from the same sickness for a number of years. Number one, in Acts chapter 9, verse 33 to 34, we found a man that had been sick for eight years. We found a man that had been sick for eight years. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 20 to 22, including Luke chapter 8 verse 43, we see someone who had been sick for 12 years. In Luke chapter 13 verse 11, we found someone who had been sick for 18 years. In John chapter 5 verse 5, we found someone who had been sick for 38 years. So we've seen 8, we've seen 12, we've seen 38. So if you have been sick, you're falling somewhere in those figures. <laughs> and then we see someone who was sick since childhood. Now they didn't talk about from birth in this case. That is um, Mark chapter 9 verse 21. So Acts 9.33-34 to 34, We found someone who was sick for 8 years I was healed Matthew 9.20-22 We found someone who was sick for 12 years I was healed Luke 13.11 We found someone who was sick for 18 years I was healed John 5.5 5, We found someone who was sick for 38 years I was healed Mark 9.21 We found someone Who um, Was healed From childhood Okay Now there were people who were at the point of death and they were healed. Second Kings chapter 20 verse 1 to 6, we found that. Second Kings chapter 20 verse 1 to 6. Then Second Chronicles 32, 24, we found someone who was also sick uh, at the point of death and was healed. Luke chapter 7 verse 2 to 10, we find someone who was sick at the point of death and was healed. By the city. Okay. Alright. So we find people who were sick at the point of death and they were healed. We also found, so I want us to follow the, what I'm, 
what I'm, what I'm laying out. Number one, we found people who were blind or afflicted from birth. Blind, lame, crippled. We found people who, the number of years, they were healed. And then they were sick, they were healed. And then we found people who were at the point of death and they were healed. Now, we also found people who were dead and they were resurrected. So, 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 17 to 23. 1 Kings 17, 17 to 23. 1 Kings. 1 Kings 17, verse 17 to 23. Okay, so we found that Jesus was not the first person who raised up someone from the dead. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 17 to 23, we find the story of Elijah who raised the son of the widow from the dead. So Jesus Christ was actually not the first person who raised up someone from the dead. The prophets of old, as empowered by God, um, raised up Jesus, uh, raised up people from the death and Jesus also did that. Second Kings chapter four verse thirty two to thirty five we find the story of someone raised from the dead. Luke chapter seventeen verse twelve to fifteen. Luke seventeen twelve to fifteen. John chapter eleven verse forty three. Then Acts chapter nine verse thirty seven. So we found that people um, were raised from the dead. Then Hebrews chapter 11 verse 35 tells us that. So what we have found is that people who had affliction from, child, from childhood or from the womb, they were healed. People who had so, uh, all kinds of sicknesses for the number of years were healed. Uh, people who had sicknesses from childhood were healed. And even people who died out of sickness were, were, were what? Were raised from the dead. Do you know something? Do you know God expects you to raise people from the dead? He expects you to do that. Do you know God expects us to raise people from the dead? Okay. <laughs> he expects us to do that. But you know, when somebody dies, that's not our first response. You know, when somebody dies, our first response is, if it's a wealthy person, he, he told you where the will was. The, the will, the will, the will. No, don't die like that, like especially Nigerian film. Where is the money? The man says, it is in the... Uh, uh, like, no, wake up. <laughs> you know, if the person is a poor person, you think of now you have died and left all your debts. And then you start calculating funeral expenses. Our first response to death is not that we have power over it. Our first response to death is that he has power over us. That's our first response. And it's not a godly response. And there's a way we, we treat death that is very ungodly. You understand that? You know, we, you, uh, the most difficult time for me to preach, the most difficult sermon I've ever preached in my life is in a funeral. The reason is because I feel embarrassed. You know, and then you hear people say, oh, thank God, you know, it's just God, God gave, God took. You know, funny theology. He's a giver, he's a taker. It's like a God who is not consistent. 
You know, and sometimes we are all there, we are dancing, wearing uniform, we're just excited. We're excited about how low we have come in walking with God. You know, there should be a holy disappointment in our hearts when we seek sick people and they are not healed. There should be something crying in us. The Bible says the whole creation groans and waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. There should be something in our hearts that yearns for the supernatural. It's not a time to wear uniform, you know, dance, eat rice, eat jollof rice. In fact, you even harass people for not coming for the funeral. Ah, my mother died. He died. You didn't come. You are wicked. I know you are wicked. Let's be our last respect. Our last respect to people who have died is to raise them up. Have I seen any dead person raised up before in my life? I've seen, not experienced. But it's something that we long for. Something that we should stretch forth. I'm not saying pastors. I'm saying every one of us. Blood, bought, washed, saint of God. Praise the name of the Lord. It's something we should believe for. Because it's something He has empowered us for. You know, God is not going to raise the dead for us. We will have to do it. If we don't do it, He won't do it. You are God's hands on the earth. You are God's mouth on the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. And these are things we should constantly stir ourselves up to in the body of Christ. We shouldn't allow ourselves to go down the way of the dust. We shouldn't allow ourselves sick, um, battered, wounded, you know. And we just, it's just like... You know, people say, oh, I just can't wait to get to heaven. Oh, when I get to heaven, there will be no more crutches. When I get to heaven, there will be no more tears. But they are fine with tears and crutches on this side of the earth until they manage to get to heaven. But at the time, I mean, just my thinking, by the time you get to heaven, you don't need more tears, you don't need more crutches. It's actually, it's actually a wasted Christian experience. Because even you won't be sick, so there will be no need for you to walk in healing. So the point is, if God gave us these things on the earth, it means that He wants us to activate them on the earth, to use them on the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. He wants us to do that. Walk up to the hospitals, lay hands on the sick, see them recover, go to, you know, just do this thing. I mean, go for it. You'll be embarrassed, some people will not be healed, but go for it. I remember, I don't know where we're traveling to, maybe Kenya or something, you know, we used the rules, stopped at a red. This girl came begging for money. She's deaf. So, trying to lead her to Christ, just giving her sign language and all that. Prayed for her. Did she hear? She didn't hear. The next deaf person, I'll see what am I going to do? I'm going to pray. But the time will come when I'll see deaf people hear clearly in my meetings. There's no two ways about it. You can't even convince me about it. You know, I jokingly used to tell, I jokingly used to tell my wife, I said, even... If I die and they bury me, I mean, God forbid I can't, but if I die out of sickness, what they should write there is, this is a man who believes that God can heal the sick. It, it, it doesn't, my experience doesn't remove the word of God. You see, that's our problem. Because we put our eyes on men so long, when a man becomes sick, say, ah, if that man can be sick, who am I? Who am I? Mortal man. You know, you hear people play, pray. I'm just clay, ordinary clay. Me, clay. Think Jesus came to die for clay? You think it's a sign of humility, but it's actually spiritual ignorance. You're not a clay. You're a royal priesthood. You're God's child. You are joint heirs with Christ. Humility is accepting what Jesus said about you. 
Not an unworthy expression of yourself. And so that's why when you come up against these things, there is no confidence in the works of Christ on your behalf to activate this thing. We are always powerless. We sing powerless songs. We talk in a powerless manner. You know, you have to say, you don't know when it will be your time. You know, you don't know when it will be your time. It can be your time today. It can be my time tomorrow. What they are sharing with time is death. They are sharing like that. That it can be your own. It can be my own. That's what they are sharing. And why are you talking like that? My uncle, my uncle, my uncle just left. He didn't wake up. Read the scriptures. Read the fathers of faith. When they were about to die, they called their children. Listen, they called their children. I said, listen, I'm about to go the way of the fathers. You, you will be this. You, you will be this. You, you will be this. They spoke over their children. And, 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 and when Jesus was to die He prepared the disciples I will be taken up He taught them I would leave When Paul was about to die He said I don't know If I stay is good for you If I go is That's how believers talk about death It's not that like you travel to Bongo Then they pick your head in already They now look for your leg somewhere in Benin And you just scatter that's not, that's not the godly way It says David says something And I want you to study that scripture David said something He said Saul died as if he was not anointed. Go and study that statement. It means that David understood that the anointing of God on your life, you cannot die setting death. He said it clearly. He said, he said, so you died as if you were not anointed. And something is wrong. I don't know when it will be my time. You don't know. Why don't you know? And because I said, listen, because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit very passionate about this subject, so I might get angry sometimes and cool, cool down again. Yeah, but the funny thing is this. Because of the way we treat death, it's almost like it's something we are waiting for to meet God. You know, it's almost like, you know, I mean, it's almost celebrated when God even called it an enemy. You know what happened? <laughs> Because of the way we live, that's the way we die. That's why we die this way. Even our fathers who did not know God. Just think back. When they wanted to die, they would say, Call for my son in the city. Am I right? I said, Call for my children. They didn't know God. But they just knew. Oh, my grandmother would tell to die. My grandmother called for us. He said, Listen, he said, I'll, I'll soon die. He said, But I don't want you to put me in that place where they dry ice fish. He's talking about the mushroom. Because if you write A as big as this house, my grandmother will know. They're just fishermen and canoe covers. He said, but listen to me. He said, immediately I die, I don't want you to be both stressed. I'm not owing anybody. And nobody is owing me. So if I die and anybody says I'm owing them, they're lying. He said, I don't want you people stressed over my burial. When I die, that day, bury me. Say I will soon die. I remember who. Four days later, they called us. The man has gone to be with the Lord. You will say, ah, he does not know God. Is going to hell. Don't burn again. Was serving juju. You that is serving God. You fell inside the gutter. Plank. Two by two fell on you. Two by two. Your your neck cut off. We are now looking for your neck somewhere, and your head is somewhere, and you know God. They say it's evil from my father's house. The people who are doing the evil, when they die, they are where. So it just shows that we need to even renew our mind where this subject is concerned. And not open ourselves up through careless statements to say careless things. Are you following what I'm saying? And this is very important because 
We must not allow the death process in our midst. We must speak life always. Listen to me. Regardless of our experience. Be consistent with the truth. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. I know it might be a little bit difficult, but that's just a plain truth. Right? So, I just want to pick up sicknesses that Jesus healed in the scripture. We found out in Matthew chapter 4 verse 23. Matthew 4 23. Let's pick that up. Matthew 4 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So we find the scripture talks about all kinds of sickness, right? And all kinds of what? Diseases. So if we say all kinds of sickness and diseases, that means any kind can be found in it. All kind means all kind. I mean, okay, all kind means every kind. <laughs> all kind means all. Okay, but then if you if you go to um, Matthew nine thirty five, it says that also. Matthew eleven five, it says that. Matthew twelve fifteen, it says that. Matthew fifteen thirty to thirty one, it says that. Let's go over them again. Matthew four twenty three, it says Jesus healed all kinds of sickness and diseases. Matthew nine thirty five, Jesus healed all kinds of sickness and diseases. Matthew eleven five, Matthew twelve fifteen, Matthew fifteen thirty to thirty one. So we found Jesus healing all kinds of diseases. So that means there is no disease. You say, Pastor, this one is not normal. This one is spiritual. He heals all kinds. You know, sometimes we try to make excuse for God. They gave birth to me with this one. He heals all kinds. When it's rainy season, I don't see with my left eye. That kind especially, he likes healing them. (laughs) When it's dry season, my ear pains me. You know, there are people who like this seasonal sickness. It's the expectation. And it's not that actually it makes them sick. They just grew up with that. You see, the most difficult things for you to overcome by the word are the traditions you have held bound. I don't know if my, my dad said it. My dad said it, but I don't know if he was here. My people from, from our village, they don't eat a certain kind of animal. So when my dad, when my dad got born again, they served him in Polakot, and uh, I think he said it when he was talking about grace speaks or something. You know, he ate it, his skin was supposed to turn something, something, I mean, nothing happened to him. I grew up, you know, in that consciousness, and I know my mom's place, they don't eat iguana or something. I think it's iguana, they don't eat. I went to preach somewhere, non missions village, and that's their favorite. If they love you, they'll give you iguana. JK2, you know, JK2, yeah. If they love you, they'll give you iguana. So I went there. And they said to me, say, uh, do you boy eat iguana? I said, I eat all things with thanksgiving. <laughs> well, they said to me, I eat. I mean, nothing. We went home, went back home to my grandmom. So I was telling them that I ate iguana. Ah, my grandmom shouted, ah, this child, you will not kill me. I said, no, I'm, I was meant to bring you life, not to kill you. And nothing happened. But I still know Christians who are elders in church. They will not touch that iguana. You know why? Bible said this, but be wise, be wise, be wise. We are talking about real life. These are things that our father, in fact, who told our father not to eat it? Who answered me that question? Who said he should not eat it? Hey, you can argue and form theologies about your unbelief. 
it doesn't nullify the word of God. If you put yourself under those bondage, at the end of the day, have you read something, for instance, I mean, I'm just, I don't, this is not a fact, I'm just saying. You read something that, oh, doctors say you don't eat fat, doctors say you don't eat fat, I'm just saying, like I said, I don't know. And then, after like two years, you just read, another research has come out, fat is good for your brain. If you follow the don't eat and eat, don't eat and eat, at the end of the day, it's only water that they will allow you to drink. Say, can we eat rice? Say, no, rice contains this. Or can you eat this one? Say, no. The pesticide they are putting in rice will cause cancer. At the point, one guy came to my house one time. He said, ah, are you using uh, oven to microwave food? Say, yeah. See, whether is it, what's it? Is it copper? What's that? What's it say that? Is it copper oven or aluminum oven? I said, my, my brother. <laughs> the thing is oven. It makes the food hot. And I eat. Ah, if you use, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not sure the fact again. If you use aluminum, the lead, the zinc, we have to, my brother, my brother. Have you heard of footballers dying on the pitch? Who can be as fit as a footballer? Whether you are playing match or not, you show up in the field. You do your exercise. You eat the right food. And they will still have an attack. And our fathers would bring water from the pot, go to the stream. They would eat animals they are not even aware of what the name is. They are still looking for the name, but they have eaten it. And then they live to be 102 years. Just simple belief that I will live long too. You know, your, your, your parents kept saying, I will see your children. I was, they kept saying it. It was not based on anything. They just had this belief. When you are going to school, they say, my son, go to school. You will get a good job. You will have, I will carry your children in my hands. And that word, sustain them in spite of sickness. You with your many knowledge. Is this copper? Uh, is this aluminium? Uh, is this carbohydrate? Oh, carbohydrate will give you cancer. You talk sickness all the time. And what the devil recognizes is the power of your words. So, there is something, listen to me, I'm not disputing medical science, but there is something that is stronger than medical science. It's called the eternal life of God in us. And that word says, if we take any deadly thing, it will not hurt us. Tells you that. So, I'll believe that. You understand that? Someone came to me one time. Say, this is supplement. If you lack iron in your body. <laughs> it's the only iron I lack. It's plank. I lack wood. You lack iron in your body. You lack. How much is it? He said, because you are a man of God. Uh, what is it? You know, you are a man of God. It's just 13,000. <laughs> How much is my salary? If I'm buying one iron supplement for 13,000. Then by the time I finish the iron, you now come say, this iron will not work well, except you mix it with zinc. <laughs> How much is zinc? Because you are a man of God, 14. Before you know, you will just be buying drugs upon drugs upon drugs. The Bible is 2-5. It contains zinc, contains iron, contains protein, contains carbohydrate. Contains everything you will ever need in this life. I am very wise. So I buy this one. And I have everything. You want to buy that? Fantastic. Not a bad idea. But don't treat it as if your life depends on that. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? It's good. If, I, if you give me, I'll drink. If you, whatever. But don't do it as if your life depends on it. Oh, I've not taken my iron for today. I've not taken my iron for you. will collapse. The day your eyes will be clear is the day you stand before a doctor. He looks at you and says, There's nothing we can do. Is that day you will not remember that there's something called church? But if you are wise, you will start from here. That even when you stay face to face with the doctor, Creflo Dollar went to the doctor and the doctor said, You have prostate cancer. Hey. He said, Not a problem. He said, That's your report. See, but I want to hear from God. Goes back home, stays on the healing scriptures. After about one month, went back to the doctor, completely healed. Creflo Dollar is still preaching till today. And there are some people who went to the doctor. Doctor said, I think you have car. They have not heard. Doctor wanted to say kata. They have not heard. They say, Ah, it's cancer. It's cancer. I know. I have been reading about cancer. They are the ones teaching the doctor. Because they have trained themselves in sickness. <laughs> Some of you that can diagnose sicknesses without training. Where's your tongue? Bring out your tongue. Bring out your ear. Bring out your eye. Look, you, are, you, you are just trained. Then when you want to pray, you don't know what scripture to pray. Lord, please heal my child. Please heal my child. Hey, they will not call me barren. After I've given birth to six, what are you doing? Is that prayer? You don't even know any scripture on healing. Train, listen to this. Train yourself in what I'm teaching you today. It might really mean the difference between life and death for either you or the people you love. Are you following what I'm saying? You train yourself in You don't have to be sick In fact, we ought to train ourselves in this So we can help so much more people Hallelujah I said hallelujah Train yourself in this Listen to healing scripture, listen to the word Read healing testimonies, just feed yourself in this truth It'll help you Let's, I want to just name quickly The sicknesses that Jesus healed Number one, blindness. We find that Jesus healed people of blindness. Mark, Matthew 9.27, Mark 10.46. Then let me explain something to you. If you have a child, and this is very important. If you have a child that has a particular sickness. Okay? If you have a child that has a particular sickness. And uh, it's either genetic or um, something the child grew up with and all that. Don't give hope. Don't, don't give up hope. Don't say... This case cannot be cured. There's a, there's a story of a, of a, I have it in a, in a magazine, one of the Copeland magazine, of a, of a, a child who had autism and um, he couldn't read, he couldn't do anything and all that. And the parents just kept the word. They kept the word. They kept the word. At about the age of 20, 23, he got his healing. He's one of the bright students. He's pastoring a church right now, talks well, learns well, practically writing books. Don't say, there's nothing. Let's manage it. Don't manage what Christ has paid the price for. Even when things go bad, constantly speak to that child. Don't tell the child, you can't do this because you are... No, no, no. Always tell them of what they will be able to do because they are completely healed by the power and the name of Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? So always tell them, you're healed in Jesus' name. You're healed in Jesus' name. You're healed in Jesus' name. Keep that faith switch turned on. Praise the name of the Lord. 
And even as a believer, if you have to talk with somebody who's got this kind of um, issue with children or anybody who is sick, whilst you encourage them, don't just go about there suggesting all kinds of solutions. Always pray with them. So I think... You have tried these doctors, they think they are good, but can we pray about it? Let's trust God. Because there's something about praying also that fast track a medical process. Have you seen where doctors say, this thing is going to take six months for you to recover? But I'm, I'm, ex- I mean, I'm like, wow, you're recovering in two days. That's the power of God. Are you following what I'm saying? So even where you take that child to the hospital, you speak over the doctor, you speak over the medicine, you speak over whatever needs to be spoken over, and say, in the name of Jesus, we keep our faith switched on door. Praise the name of the Lord. So Jesus healed blindness. Jesus healed the lame. Matthew 21, 14. And the disciples, Act 3, 2. So we have blindness, we have the lame or the cripple, we have death, the deaf, Matthew 7.32. Now let me say this quickly here, uh, it will help you. Sometimes, actually, um, let, let me use my own life as an example. I've, I've, really not seen, uh, I've really not seen maybe cripples walk in my meetings and all that. And sometimes there is this theoretical knowledge about things that you know. You know this is to happen. You know this is God's will. You know, but it's easier sometimes to heal people who have internal sicknesses. And the reason it's easier is because you don't see them with your eyes. Do you understand? Like if somebody says, like for me, I have, I, I, I have, I have personally observed in my life, 98% success rate when I pray for people with breathing problems. Um, anything that has to be breathing, uh, I mean, I've seen that. A lot of testimonies come forth. But what I'm trying to say is that when you see a crippled rolled in here, all the legs are mangled. Your greatest battle is going to be with your mind. Like, those legs. <laughs> Kai! Let's contribute money and buy electronic wheelchair. Let's just contribute. You know what I'm saying? Because now, you're not going, you are not going, you're, now you know it's God's will for that person to walk. But what are you going to do? You're going to start fighting with your mind. So it is that battle, once you can conquer that battle, you're going to see the flow of God's power. And as I say that most healing evangelists They spend a lot of time in worship It's not as if they are trying to generate the power It's more like As they spend time worshipping God As they spend time worshipping God What happens is Everybody's eyes You know They take their eyes off the sickness They take their eyes off even the man of God They just keep worshipping Maybe someone like Pastor Benny Him, Ketchum Koma um, Robots And all those guys Um as they begin to worship like that, people take their eyes off their sickness and their faith. And before you know, miracles start happening. Now, by the time one cripple walks, you know what happened to the other one? If that one can walk, I can walk. What has happened is they have seen. And that's why when you go for a healing meeting, it's like miracles are sporadic. Because as somebody is getting healed, you're seeing that, your faith is activated, you're trying your legs out, and the power of God is, is activated. It shows that the power of God is already on the earth realm for our healing. We don't need to beg God to heal us. He has healed us. We don't need to say, oh, if it is your will, it is His will. We don't need to say, please, Oh, Jehovah, Jehovah, no, 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 you don't need to, you know, call him names. He's not a chief. He's your father. Are you following what I'm saying? You take authority over sicknesses and diseases. So sometimes when you're praying for people also, that's why sometimes it's good. When you're praying for people, you know, just um, try to just spend some time praying in the Holy Spirit, activating your faith, laying hands in faith without probably... 
looking at what is going to, you know, cause your faith to just, to just drop. You know, uh, death, Mark, Mark 7.32, dumb, Matthew 9.32, Matthew 9.32, atrophy, which is like, atrophy, sorry, which is like withered hand, Matthew 12.10, speech defect, this is not exactly being dumb, but it was a speech defect, Mark 7.32, maybe you just get the CDs, you get all of these lists, it will help. Mark 7.32, dropsy, Luke 14, 1 to 4. Leprosy, Matthew chapter 8 verse 3, Luke chapter 5 verse 12, fever, Matthew chapter 8 verse 14, Mark chapter 1 verse 30 to 31, Luke chapter 4 verse 38, then Acts 28 8, that's for fever. We need to give a lot of scriptures on fever. <laughs> Matthew 8 14 to 15, Mark 1 30 to 31, Luke 4 38 to 39. I- I'm not saying you should practice this, but. Sometimes knowledge, I'm not saying you should practice this. This is just personal experience I'm sharing. This is not the word of God. Sometimes knowledge can empower you in certain ways. My, 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 my granddad lived quite, quite some time. I spent some time with him in the village. So sometimes you just have mosquitoes biting him, right? And you will be consigned. You want to hit the mosquito. My grandmother will just tell you that. They leave them. This is only where they eat. I mean, that's the way. Just, just leave them. I mean, the man just lived, just casually, just, you know. So, unconsciously, I, not like I believe that mosquitoes are the one that is their source of supply, but unconsciously, I'm not like scared of mosquitoes, you know. But then I have people that once they hear, where is red? They would rather sleep under one drum of bacon. That allow a mosquito bite them because of fear of malaria or whatever. Now, like I'm saying, I'm, I mean, of course, mosquitoes transmit all of that. But just that little information and the way my grandfather reacted just built that, I mean, you know. So maybe I go and preach somewhere, people are struggling, oh, there's mosquitoes. I'll just sleep, wake up the next day and... Just information. I want to just say something here. In the information you have access to is very powerful. That's why sometimes you need to be careful. I fly, I fly, I, I, not like I fly a lot. I fly sometimes to do meetings. But I know that I will fly a lot. That the time will come, will come in my life and ministry. I will literally be spending a lot of time on the planes and on the airports. And because of that, I, I made a vow. When there's plane crash on the news, I don't watch it. I don't read it. If, uh, I mean, you ask my wife, if we're watching a film and the plane is about to crash, we stop the film there. Do you understand? Documentary, five minutes before, I will not watch. Once I say, that play, I will scroll. And let's just know the details. So in case of that, no, no, no. Because you know what happens? The next time I climb on the plane, <laughs> then the film is going to play. You know what's the play you do, Kuku? Say, hey, where is the pilot? Say, you know, maybe can you ask the guy, are you checking the oil? <laughs> you, know you know, so, I, because information that has gotten into your head, it's very difficult to take out. I mean, I have friends, missionaries who are medical, um, who are medical, who were medical, who were medical with what now? Practitioners before they became um, missionaries. That means they were doctors. They have a missionary in Cameroon. And sometimes when we are teaching about healing, except for the ones that have really trained their mind, 
Sometimes it's difficult for them to really flow in the gifts very highly. You know the reason why? They understand the human body. Do, do you get the point? For instance, if you come to me and I say, Pastor, I cannot breathe very well. You know, I have issues with my heart. Ah, okay. In the name of Jesus, be healed. I don't know what's wrong. I don't even know where your heart is. You know, whether it's here, whether your own is here, whether your own is here, whether they brought your own to the back, I don't know where it is. But you know, when you tell a doctor, you can't breathe. You know what's happening to the doctor's mind? If you can't breathe, that means this artery is blocked. If this artery is blocked, that means, okay, that's your, when you tell a doctor, I can't do this, your body is open before them. So they know all the likely, me, I don't know what is blocked or what is not blocked. I just take it that it is sickness. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why information is very, very powerful and you must never play with it. Instead of getting the wrong information, get the right information. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So it's very, very important. Information is very important. Jesus hit people with fever, paralysis, Matthew 4 24, Luke 5 18. Jesus healed people with insanity. Uh, sometimes in the translation you, you find the word raved, like raving madness, but raved. Matthew 4.24, insanity, mental illness, that with the, the mind. The, yeah, uh, Matthew 17.15 to 18. Jesus healed people with hemorrhage, bleeding. Matthew 9.20 to 22, Mark 5.25. Jesus healed people with barrenness. And this is something I think for, in the body of Christ our faith has really exercised. We've seen a lot of people... Um, a lot of people trust God for the fruit of the womb. We join our faith with theirs and just see the manifestation of that happen. I think the body of Christ is coming up, trained in this area. Uh, Barrenness, Genesis 17, 15, 15 to 21. First Samuel 1, 6 to 7. Luke chapter 1, verse 5 to 25. We see in the scriptures, people healed of boils. Second Kings chapter 20, verse 7. <laughs> and Isaiah 38, verse 21. 2 Kings 20 verse 7. You know, but I, you know, I was just thinking today, just, just, just by the side. I was just thinking today of how the mercy of God has really kept us. You know, some of you just grew up with, I mean, very nice medical facility. You know, you could talk to a doctor. I remember, I don't know how many of you had this treatment. I remember growing, growing up with my grandmom and we'll run, do all of this stuff. And a nail will pierce us. You know, my grandmother will not go and meet the chemist and ask for anti-titanus injection. Uh, she will... She was a doctor, the nurse, and even the lawyer, in case you had a case against her. You know, she would just tie us under her leg by the fireside and put a very hot knife in the fire. How many of you had that treatment? If you, if you hear that, if you understand that treatment, you will know when Paul, you will now understand the meaning of the word. When Paul said, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. <laughs> And when God brought Abraham out to see the stars of the heaven, you know that you don't need to come out. By the time my grandmom is through with you, where you are, you can look up, you see stars. Let's put that hot thing there, thing will boil somewhere and put oil and turn your leg. And when she drops that oil, you will not be able to cry. You will know that there's capacity to cry in you, but it will not come out. It will just be there. Your mouth will be open, your eyes will be open for like five minutes. You're still thinking, am I alive or have joined my ancestors? In fact, when you see your grandmother's face, you're like, have I joined her? Are we all dead? You know, and then like 10 minutes later, then the crime begins to come out in faces. You know, but I was just thinking, I was just thinking, 
that, I mean, that crude way of living, it was just the mercy of God that kept us alive. Just the grace of God. I know what I tell myself? If God kept me alive then in the days of ignorance, He will do so much more now. His mercy. You know, at the end of the day, we just thank God for His mercy. We thank God for the times that God took us through those things. We thank God for the times we had terrible injuries. There was no one to care for us. And God just brought us out. And that's how you know that God is merciful. You know, I, I am very weary of pain. You know, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes my kids are walking in the house. They hit, I hardly hit my, my leg. No, no, I'm very careful about pain. And the reason is because I grew up with a lot of dangerous pains and sickness. I mean, like, I remember one time we went to the bush to shoot beds and my younger brother, my, one of my cousins, I don't know where he was aiming out, shot the catapult right here on my forehead. Things started bleeding. So I was doing David and Goliath, I wasn't sure. Hey, my grandmother is not, they won't bandage the thing, they won't just carry water. I mean, I remember one time learning how to ride a bicycle that had no pedal, just those um, pull out had a very nasty gash on my ankle. Took me like three months. Couldn't go to school. I mean, so after having gone through, I think all the pains I should have had in my whole lifetime, that few moments I stayed in the village, like Jesus, I fulfilled all the law. <laughs> so now, and I'm just thinking of the mercy of God, of the grace of God. Because there you hear that a child had this, and he didn't have proper medical care, and the child is gone. And you just think that it was the mercy of God. It was the grace of God that keeps you. And that keeps keeping you. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So after all we are teaching now, don't become a professor of healing. That somebody sick, ah, let me diagnose, let me diagnose. This one is stress. No. Just rely on the mercy of God. Rely on what? On the grace of God. Even when you minister healing to people, do rely on your knowledge. Rely on what? The mercy and the grace of God. I don't want to forget to drop that point. So people are hit up wells, people are hit up dysentery. Acts chapter 28, verse 8. When Jesus ministered healing to a person, they were healed completely. Mark chapter 7, verse 35. The Bible says, the man began to speak plainly. Now, theologians have argued about what I'm going to say right now, but I actually believe this way. Because the Bible says that Jesus could not do mighty works in his hometown because of their unbelief, um, but he laid hands on a few sick people. Mark, Mark chapter 6 verse 5. Now, some people go about and say, well, unbelief cannot stop the power of God because he still healed people and all that. But what I think... Not what I think, what I, what I know as of now by my studies is that unbelief can hinder the power of God for two reasons. Number one, we have a clear case here where Jesus couldn't do so much because of unbelief. And we also have many cases in the scripture where Jesus says, according to your faith, be done unto you. So we see that, we see cases where faith activated the healing power of God. And we also see cases where unbelief um, um, reduced not that unbelief stopped, but it reduced the effect of the power of God. So Mark 6, 5. Let's read that. But I want to see how unbelief comes in. Mark 6, verse 1. Let's do this quickly. We have a couple of minutes. Then he went out from there and came to his own country. Mark 6, verse 1. And his disciples followed him. 
And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Look at verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Verse 5. Now he could do no mighty work there, Look at this. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he was marveled because of their unbelief. That means their unbelief surprised them. Just as he marveled at people's faith, he marveled at their unbelief. Now, I'll say this. From both experience and from what I've observed. Almost every pastor will see greater miracles when they preach outside of their church. Every pastor. I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen less miracles in our local church than I've seen outside. The reason is because most times our reasoning gets in place with the, with the, with the process of the healing power of God. Alright? Because when you, you know someone, oh, oh I saw pastor, I saw pastor, I said I mean, it's just casual. You begin to reason and reason and reason. And that's why sometimes, even when you are sick, and let's say you're trusting God for healing, it doesn't occur to you to even call me to pray for you. It, it doesn't cross your mind. Because I, I know, I know Pastor Master, come and teach all those long messages. Call, call God's servant. You know, you, you are not God's servant. <laughs> you, you understand? It's, it, you get so familiar that there's no flow. Because the, 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 the healing enablement that God is giving to me is not for me. It's for those that God has called me to lead. Now, but if you have a structure That's where I'm going now Which you need to pay very close attention If you have a structure where You know, the man of God is You know, like You know, you are worshipping I'm in the office, you know, praying You know, as I'm coming You know, four people are carrying bottles of water for me My handkerchief, my Bible I just come in, finish teaching Get back to the office Now something's going to happen You have that, oh, the man of God Oh, the man of God the man of God. Your faith will be activated. And the reason is because it is very difficult for faith. It, you have to have a very high sense of maturity to be able to stay have faith in people who are very simple. That's why when a lot of ministers start walking in the healing anointing and the crowd start getting um, bigger and bigger, you're going to just see a lot more miracles walk in their life. And the reason is not because they are now more anointed. No. The reason is because when people go for that meeting, they are like, wow, if I can see this man. Oh, if I can see this man. So even before they leave their house, they have already activated faith. Do you understand? But like, oh, I'm sick at home. Go to church. Like, Don't worry. No, go. You people should go. You people should go. You know, because like, we'll come, we'll preach, we'll go. It's like, yeah. So, one of the things that stops us from walking so much in the miraculous amongst our midst is familiarity. This doesn't just happen to the pastors. For instance, there's nothing wrong in when you're sick and you, you call a brother in church and you say, hey, I'm not feeling too well. Can we agree and trust God? Like, ah, no, this guy that I play football with, forget, forget. Even last week, he told me he had a headache. Do you understand? So, I'm bringing it down now. Including husbands and wife. You know, something like I'm praying for your wife, your wife will be laughing. See, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
I said amen now. Amen. Amen. Man of God. Amen. Prophet. Yes, you just nullify. No, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Don't be casual when ministrations are going on in your life. Including from your husband. Including from your wife. When your wife says, hey, I'm not feeling too well. Say, let's agree and pray. That's not when to laugh. Say, Jesus, amen. Are you still feeling it? Ah, you have prayed now. How can I tell you I'm still feeling it? He's <laughs> gone. He's gone, prophet. He's gone. I have a testimony. You know, you're just casual with that process. You don't. You don't. You understand? Sometimes, I mean, maybe my wife tells me I'm not feeling too well and all that. I just go about my daily business and all that. And then sometimes she'll just come to me and say, I'm not feeling too well. I want you to agree with us. Let's pray. That's when I, that's when I, I get into prayer mode. Not because that's when I get into prayer mode, but at that point, it has moved from, this is my husband, in whom I'm well pleased, <laughs> to, I think, there's something in you that can help this process. Are you following what I'm saying? Even when I minister to my children, sometimes they are sick, sometimes I'll just bring them, I'll say, kneel down. That process just helps their faith. Kneel down, raise your hand, close your eye. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But, Sometimes familiarity can stop the flow of God from walking in our midst. That's why I say that it is difficult for you to pray for your friends. Not that you don't want to pray. You know, so when they tell you, I'm not feeling well, I say, let me carry you to the chemist. Because by the time I say, let us pray, say, my friend, we are talking of this, we are talking of prayer. And you see, it doesn't have to be in a church setting. It does, listen, let's ask ourselves, how many people have the money to go to a stadium where a man of God is preaching? If all of us have to wait to go to one place to be healed, then the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is in vain. What I'm trying to say right now is even as a local church, let's trust God. That when we say, hey, how many people are sick right here? And people raise their hand. When the brother next to you holds your hand, like I did on Sunday, I say, let's pray for one another. Don't just remove your hands. It's okay. I'm feeling better now. Okay. Unbelief. God can use any one of us because we are not the healers. We are the channels. Is that okay? Right. So we see that unbelief stops people from receiving their healing. I'd like us to just wrap up here. Probably sometime again when I have the opportunity from the Lord to take up this subject. We can go a little bit further. In explaining and dealing with a whole lot of issues. But I believe that with the things we've gone through over these past few weeks, you have enough knowledge, enough faith in God's word to be able to take on sickness, pray about them, speak healing over your environment, speak healing, take authority over sickness, you know, over the people that you know keep speaking the word. And when you pray for sickness, don't reverse it with unbelief. Don't reverse it with the words of your mouth. Learn to minister to your children. Take, teach your children to minister to people. If, a, if your child grows up with that knowledge, it will help him. You know, I remember some few, I think I said on Sunday, some few, few, few weeks ago, my wife said, oh, I'm feeling some pains in my stomach. And my daughter said, I just wrote there, peace in Jesus' name, peace in Jesus' name, peace in Jesus' name, because that's what we tell them to do. Anytime you feel anything, say peace in Jesus' name. That should be your first response. Your first aid as a believer is praying for the sick. That's your first aid. Before you go to the doctor, before you take drip, before you do anything. Are you following what I'm saying? And while they are putting that drip on you, don't be telling doctors, one is not enough. Oh, the last time I took it was four. Bring, there, how many now? Three. Remain three. No, come now. 
Still speak words of healing. Why that injection is going into your body? Say, in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, I receive my healing. Lord, I thank you for my healing. I thank you for my healing. I thank you for my healing. Are you following what I'm saying? You still activate that. You still activate that. If you've ever been sick, if you've ever been sick, or you ever know someone who has been sick, there will be a compassion in your heart for the healing of the sick. That compassion, the anointing of God can flow through that. The anointing of God can flow through that. And God wants us to do that. Because there are many people out there who need the healing power of God to flow through our hands to reach them. Many people in the hospitals, children, all kinds of diseases. Oh, but God is banking on us. God is trusting us. There are going to be an army of saints full of the power of God. That the day will come in the church of Jesus Christ, we will not be sharing about healing. It will be so common that it will not be a testimony. Because what will happen is, Isaac is going to be healing people, raising the dead. Kiki is going to be doing the same. I mean, it will even be like, oh, my pastor can do this. It will be like, hey, come on. The day will come when the ushers in our churches will take care of the sick. Are you following what I'm saying? It's like, hey, pastor, I'm very sick. Okay, meet the usher. He'll get you sorted out. Are you following what I'm saying? That's what God wants. I said, that's what God wants. Praise the name of the Lord. God wants our ushers full of the Spirit of God. God wants our workers full of the Spirit of God. We want to see a day in our life when a cripple is coming into the church. The traffic guys won't just direct him where to park. They'll raise him up. Amen. And before he gets to church, he's already healed. Because this thing is not about me. This thing is not about the name of the church. This is about Jesus. And what he has paid the price for. Amen. Can we thank God for the healing grace in our midst? Can we thank God that God is raising us to become an army of powerful healers on the earth? It's not going to be a ministry to be our daily life. Oh, Samanengra Shatalabado Sobrahesh. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.